Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, closer, bro. Okay. Let me, uh... Give me a little level check for uh, What's a level check? Mr. Sushi. And we're, we're rolling. Are we rolling now? We're rolling now, so we're going to start uh, Garage Logic. And more more of the backstory of Garage Logic, because the listeners keep hearing terms and phrases that might confuse them. Well, and the reason we're doing this podcast is to catch people up, but also it's not supposed to sound exactly like the radio show. It's supposed to sound like we're... But we're on now. Well, we're, yeah, we're rolling now, so we've actually we've officially started it. Okay, you'll often hear about the cylinder index, for example. You're jumping right into it, okay. Well, that's the tabulation of the cylinders you own. They can be dead or alive. But the number should equal or exceed your age. So if you're 40 years old, you've got a great cylinder index at, say, 45. How did the cylinder index start? Well, it's the foundation of garage logic. It's the cornerstone. Uh, that's how we're distinguished. Uh, nothing distinguishes a garage logician from all others so much as the care and appreciation of the internal combustion engine. We don't fear it. We don't uh, think that it should be disdained. Uh, uh, to, here, I'm going to tell you how you get to your cylinder. Yeah, me, that's just for those tuning in that don't know, because you got people listening, as we learned to the radio show, which is also on Podcast One, people are listening all over the world. Okay, you have to count your cylinders. They can be dead or alive. So you got. let's say you got a stuck one-cylinder lawnmower engine on a shelf. Okay. That counts. That's a cylinder. Uh, if you got a eight-cylinder car, that's eight, so you're at nine. Throw in a snowblower or a weed whip or a riding tractor, uh, chainsaw. These are all cylinders. Anything that combusts is a cylinder. Uh, and there's been copycasts, but we ha- there's no... Remember those little... Um, uh, little chambers that fire the the CO two the uh, that the doesn't air, count. That's that does not, not count. Part of the even though it might be a cylinder, it's not officially part of the cylinder index. Well, wait a minute, you blew that. What do model airplanes count? I thought we decided yes because those com- they, those little engines combust fuel. <laughs> so so they count. So you get to count your so model. So they do air- count. You get to count your model. Whatever it takes to get you at your age or above. I'm never going to get at my age. I'm I'm urban, so I usually if you're rural, you can get close to your age, but most uh, urban guys cannot. Well, we've given thought to that. Do extra should extra points be given to urban residents over rural residents? Well, it's terribly impressive for an urban resident to have a high CI. 
It really is. Because a rural guy can have a high CI because he's got outbuildings and pole right. barns and places to stuff stuff. So the urban guy who can outman, outcylinder a rural guy, that's a man mm-hmm. or a woman, as it, yeah. as it might be. Yeah, can be a guy. Uh, rural or urban is often asked, but that's that's just the way it goes. Now, do we get to count company vehicles? We've decided no. Correct, because you do not own, you might be part of that company, but you are not the sole owner of that company. Do married couples have separate CI counts? I I can't remember how we ruled. I think it was just, if you are married and you have a cylinder index of 64 between you, you just claim that, because you want to be close to your age. Do we get to count the cylinders that we own as taxpayers? Because that would be that would be billions yeah, I and think. billions of cylinders. So that that's kind of uh, foolhardy to go down that road. Well, that's, you really silly. Can't. that's really silly. It's kind of showing you off. Can't, you can't really look at that. It needs to be... Uh, my theory is it needs to park... You need to be able to park it on your property, and yeah. you can't go with the government stuff, because that's, that's so out of reach anyway. It's not impressive. Okay, you often hear the term permission. Uh, as it might be used to, say, acquire new cylinders. Right. Permission is the art of listening for and detecting positive audio cues as they might be applied to a purchase, an acquisition, or a desire to go fishing in Canada. For example, a woman who comments positively on the color of an ATV or the bold graphics on a snowmobile or the reliability of a new outboard motor might as well be saying, why don't you go to a dealership as soon as possible? See, that's permission. (laughs) That's permission. You can file those comments away. She does not say such things to encourage a purchase, but her words can be used as a defense mechanism if she goes nutso after you bring the thing home. And then you get to say, well, yeah, but you said you love that color. You basically told me, uh, yeah, go ahead Virtually and buy it. ordered you to buy When it. are you going to buy this? Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you about Permission's garage. good, but you got to be careful when you pull the, the trigger on it because it can really backfire on you, too. It's almost a subset of the 48-hour rule, isn't it? Yes. Have we talked about the 48-hour rule? Uh, I think we did in well, maybe the first or second episode. Yeah, I'm looking up something here. 48-hour rule is when you uh, obtain something. Works and- best with items of, of a kind. Right, say so if you if you have a scooter collection yeah. or a motorcycle collection. Right. I got away with it with motorcycles for a long time. Or a British car collection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are a little more noticeable. It's harder though. to do it, yeah. Of course it is. But you bring it in and you can't hide it. You got to be fair. You can't let's say it's a new outboard motor and you got you got 12 outboard motors and you put it in plain view and you don't cover it, you don't lean rakes up against it or anything. You got to <laughs> have Those are some it, good tricks though. <laughs> you got to have it for 48 hours if she says something on the 49th hour, you get to say what are you talking about? That that thing's been here since June. Right. You 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 specifically cannot recall how long it's been there. No. It's because it's been over 48 hours. Uh you know I bought garage wood. Everyone should know about garage wood. I, I do, and I have a piece that is labeled garage wood. Those are substantial blocks of abused wood of unknown origin that remain with you throughout your life. They get kicked under a workbench or shoved into a corner when not needed to support a transmission or uh, chalk trailer wheels or test drill bits. You cannot purchase this. I've tried to, I've tried to school you on that. Right. You can't purchase such wood because it is priceless. You don't think you need it, but you will. Also, uh, another definition would be wood with a long history. Why else would you call a child a chip off the old block? <laughs> yes. You don't know where this wood right. comes from. You and get, it's oil-stained, and it's, oh, it's painted terrible. on, it's and it's terrible. been uh, chunks have been taken out of it. 
But you don't know where it comes from. It could have been from a construction site or a dumpster. You got it from a parent or, you know, they're closing up the family house and you decide to inherit the garage wood and now you have it in your garage. Uh, it's just like taking nuggets from of gold from a stream. And it's like an old friend. It and just, just kind of never leaves. And it's wood with its own mystery. It's not known why that particular piece of wood, of all the pieces of wood in the world, gets so perfectly assigned to the role it plays in your life. But they're, you know what they are? They're as important as any tool in the in the tool chest. You can't. Of I course. used one the other day. I've got, I've got one that I used uh, to make a project last year, and it just I beat the hell out of it. I don't want to hear about the project. Still there. I don't want to hear about the project. A chair box? Uh, make a move. You always hear us say, you got to make a move. Yep. You, you hear it during traffic reports and... It's not It's not terribly complicated. Making a move is the ability to avoid the drudgery of traffic congestion. This would play well in L.A., Atlanta, Dallas, Chicago, New York, mm-hmm. although it might be tough to make moves in, that, in those cities. It's the ability to avoid the drudgery of traffic congestion by already always having a fallback route to take for the purpose of keeping moving. Even if the move takes longer on surface streets, then crawling along in freeway bumper-to-bumper traffic, you feel better because you kept moving. And that, of course, goes to people like you who are not good waiters. I'm not a good waiter. What do I do? I just go sit in traffic, yeah, I, sing I a can't. tune or whistle or I do something. Yeah, well, that's because you're I'm not crazy. I can't. <laughs> I'm not wired right. There's some loose wires going on. Uh, the look. You've heard about the look. The look is, uh, look is very dangerous. Well, yeah, I've received the look lately. <laughs> It's a birthright of women. How does it play out? It's a searing, penetrating eye contact that conveys a thousand words, usually of admonishment, after you have done or said something she believes to be incredibly stupid. It can also be used preemptively to prevent you from doing or seeing something incredibly stupid. Mm -hmm. There's no shield from this. You can't duck from it. Nothing dulls it. You can detect it over the telephone. You can detect it in a handwritten letter. You remember that guy who told us about the bank shot look? Yep. There was a guy who reported that he received a bank shot look off a mirror at a garage sale <laughs> as he was about to pay a measly 25 bucks for an old outboard motor. He saw the bank shot look in the mirror, and he put the motor back. He didn't <laughs> buy it. Now, there are degrees of severity to the right. look. Degrees the, of severity. Well, there's the quick look. Yep. That's a warning shot. That's just, hey, 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 hey. Hey there, Tiger. Look we out. get those. We get dozens of those on a daily basis. That's nothing. <laughs> There's the arms folded look. you got to yep. start to take that one more seriously. Ugh. That suggests a body language right? of reproachment, doesn't it? Those can sting. The arms folded toe-tapping look is lethal. That usually involves a brief recovery time because by the time the arms are folded and the toes are tapping, you have done whatever it is that got you in trouble. <laughs> But there's a worse one. What's the worst? The burner. Ooh. The burner. That's when folded arms and tapping toes are not enough. And deep from within some genetic reserve is summoned the ability to fire a burning laser repeating fire look that can singe the skin, drop you to your knees, immobilize you as though you have been zapped with a stun gun. Bam! Those are the ones we tell tales about when the women are not around. In fact, it's because of the burner that beer was invented. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't. I never equated the two, but that must be right. You know what's remarkable, too? What? Uh, females can give the look from birth. They come out of the chute ready to use it. And it's not uncommon at all to see a group of, 
I don't know what, four-year-old girls with fully developed look skills, mm-hmm. including all four categories. The quick, mm-hmm. the arms folded, the arms folded toe tapper, and the burner. There are women who don't have the power. What? There are women who don't have the power. Uh, I don't know what happened to them. They come across once in a blue moon. Their wires got crossed. They even participate fully in garage life, <laughs> including a kind of garage harmony that is so foreign to most garage logicians that we step around them warily, waiting for the muted power mm-hmm. to suddenly arise from its repression. <laughs> These women say things like, you can leave that running, baby. Yeah. Woman told us that once. We didn't know what to do. Stephanie. Woman called the show. and They were the, both riders. They were both uh, Harley riders, and I can't remember why she called. Well, I, um, her bike was turned off. But her companion's bike in the background was on, and he made a fuss to go turn it off because uh, he realized he was on the phone to a radio show, and she turned around to him and said, you can leave that running, baby. In fact, you might stick that into this podcast. Yeah. Is that possible? You can leave that running, baby. You Let's can, see. Yeah, let me, let me, I can track that down immediately. You can leave that running, baby. Just pull up the garage logic. And uh, we, didn't know what, we didn't know how to react. No, we had no idea how to react. It was the absolute antithesis of a burner look. We didn't know where to go with that. No, and the beauty of it is that, you know, I think he did everything she told him to do. That's rare. I, it's rare. I, I, I thought it was a trick, uh, but uh, I've since met those people, and uh, they have garage harmony. But that's here, rare. Here, here it is. Yeah. Well, you can leave that running, baby. Beautiful. Beautiful. Did you hear it? Yes. I didn't R- Remember, it. you don't have headphones on, so you can't hear I the audio. I didn't. Uh, Trust me. In fact, I'll play it again for you. Yeah. Well, you can leave that running, baby. Sounds good, huh? Uh, going in, you hear about going in. Going a long in, time? tell me. You went, you went in this past week or past three weeks. Kitchen with a, sprayer with took a me simple in. Simple project that mm-hmm. you couldn't figure out. And I, the end result, part of going in is not is the end result is not what you completed. It right. it, it it's magnified, and of course, my project grew into fixing a kitchen sprayer. It turned into a brand new faucet. All right, flashlight check, tool belt check, attitude check. He's going in. Mm-hmm. It's the act or process of involving the garage, all principal equipment, and as many tools as possible, no matter how simple the chore or benign the request for repair from another member of the household, usually a wife. Second definition, to complicate, some say needlessly. It's the act of repairing a light in the bathroom, and the next thing you know, you've punched a wall out. Right. and then- Went in, and you come out the other side. But you eventually finish up, or you got to call another Garage Logic buddy and say, "How do I get out of this?" And he says, "Well, I'm an electrician. I'm on my way over." You know what space management is? That's only in the winter, isn't it? You don't need that when you're down south, but we have it up here in the Northland. Space management here. Let me find it. Space management is um, has to do with the weather, uh, cooler temperatures when there's a snowfall of significance. Has to do with snow. Yeah. All right, let me let me get it for you. Let me get right. it for you. Because we want to be accurate. When we're letting these people know what we're talking about, we want to be accurate. It's the nearly constant effort, mostly but not always limited to winter, to keep all your impervious surfaces as exposed as possible to the mothering warmth of the sun. <laughs> uh, or finding the driveway edges after each snowfall. And the reason you can't give up space is because if you give up space... 
You won't have any space by the middle of winter. You're done. You'll have a goat trail trying to get in the garage. <laughs> right. It'll be rutted and, and full of icy clumps. I, I, uh, I really shouldn't admit this about myself, but one time I tried to get rid of the hump at the end of the driveway. Yep. Left by the plow. Yep. By pouring gas on it and lighting it. It didn't, it didn't do a damn thing. That, that must be physics. Probably one of your low... You were early on in the NAC scale, but that was probably a low point in your, uh, in your garage logicianship. Uh used to play a game with a guy, a friend of mine, who was about six blocks away. And the game was, see, what what you really want if you're in the great Northland, ideally, is you want to snowblow a virgin driveway. Yes. You don't want to go out. It's always ruined because the newspaper guy gets there before you. Mailman. But in the event you get a virgin driveway, you get to go out and, and it's just heaven to blow that snow. But right back down to the concrete or asphalt. What's that? Now I got myself thinking. What is it when the woman calls you and says she did it already? Female fun limitation uh, factor. We'll get to the female fun limitation factor in a moment. Okay, so I had a buddy, and uh, on the occasion <laughs> of a big snowfall, I would violate my own driveway. I would put tracks in it just to race down to his house and go up and down his driveway. <laughs> That's the worst. Just try to screw it up. And then he'd come out, and he knew damn well who did it. So he'd come down to my house and do it. And that he, one time he came down as I was snow blowing. And I tried to fend him off By with the, the snowblower. <laughs> yes. He was like a beast advancing on me, and I kept blowing snow. It was a game of chicken. And I broke his windshield wipers. Oh. He had his windshield wipers on, trying to keep pace with my advance. <laughs> and he couldn't do it, and I uh, the, the windshield wipers on his car broke. Nothing is worse than tire tracks on your driveway when you don't want them. Well, how are you going to get, you know, how are you going to have fun if you don't invent these games? But know? now, the other thing, too, with space management is at some point, when it gets to those... Uh, March, late March snowfalls, or maybe even sometimes early April, when you don't have to. You just say, you know what, I'm I'm not going to uh, maintain space management because I'm going to let the sun do all the work for me. Right. Uh, GLers are last droppers. Uh, GLers are conservationists uh, by nature, by instinct. We, In fact, in Garage Logic, we celebrate last drop days every year. Who can get the most... Uh, who can get? Who can pour gas into a lawnmower without spilling a right. drop? For example, oil. Uh, who can uh, break fluid? Keep old oil. You know, you rig up a device to drain the the oil uh, bottles into uh, the next bottle, and pretty soon you got a one gallon jug of oil that was drained from the final drops of sixty seven quart bottles. <laughs> uh, at last drop days, there's a there's an area called Paint Can Hill. And that's where contestants strain turpentine and a varnish through paper filters. And uh, the the longest surviving paint stirring stick is always on display. Oh, that thing oh, is cool. Yeah. I, oh, it's just fantastic. The lawnmower gas tank fill is a trophy event. Uh, now, that's the one where you do not want to spit. You know when you get that satisfaction of... Uh, pouring, you have to line up the gas, the the nozzle of the of the gas can, yeah. with the uh, uh, container of the lawnmower, and you don't want to spill one drop of gas. Right, and that's uh, uh, GLers pride themselves on that. Flashlights. We need a word about flashlights. I'm often called the flashlight king, right? Yep. Uh, it's just they're a tool. You just need good flashlights. That's just part of the game. You got to have this. It's like garage wood. You need. You need flashlights, you and, and a garage logician takes care of the flashlights the way a big game hunter takes care of his rifles. None of that rummaging around Polishing. in the kitchen drawer for a $1.79 drugstore flashlight, which when you find it won't have any batteries right. in it anyway. Or they got that bad leaky stuff. 
The garage flashlight is clean and powered up. You know where it is. You know where they are. It has a purpose. In fact, flashlights are as important as pocket knives, maps, bungee cords, duct tape, long-reach tweezers, WD-40, and magnifying glasses as accessory tools of the garage. Dozens of flashlights. Flashlights. I had trouble saying that. Yeah, you did, but that's okay. Flash Dozens lights. of flashlights should be squirreled about in various nooks like reading glasses and cigar cutters. And a good flashlight has heft. It has some heft. Mm-hmm. Because some of the big D-cell mag lights have such a heft, you could club a moose over the head. <laughs> you really could. Uh, those big mags are good lake cabin flashlights. They cast a beam so powerful you could guide a boat in through the fog. Those are the kinds the cop use, aren't they? Yeah. Those big ones? Plus, it's fun, you know, when you're at the cabin or outside the garage to say, who goes there? Yeah. Who goes there? Who goes A bear. Yeah. This is a bear alert. So just that's just have a care. You need you need you need great flashlights. And always have those babies. Uh, have the batteries ready. Have a complete set of batteries ready because you never know when you're gonna when you need them. You really need them. Yeah. Uh, just a minute. I'm looking here. Just again, we're trying to fill you in on what you're hearing. Garage Logic, uh, the uh, the inside look at Garage Logic, the backstory as Joe calls it. So there's a whole bunch of information that you're going to learn if you're new to Garage Logic. This is the podcast. I'm not leaving you yet. No, that's we, okay. We mentioned this. i got to tell you about the female fun limitation factor. It came up when we were talking about snow blowing. The female fun limitation factor, that's the FFLF. Mm-hmm. That is a woman's uncanny ability to interrupt garage activity at precisely a defining moment. Just as you're about to start a restored Triumph motorcycle for the first time, the garage service door will open and we are informed that it is either time to eat or that we have a phone call or that the dog just barfed on the couch. (laughs) It just blows you right out of your zone. Mm -hmm. Uh, At work here is a genetic alarm system that kicks in when the female of the species decides that too much fun has been had and it's time for the boys to drift back to their own garages. It isn't done to be cruel. It isn't done to be cruel. There is nothing uncharitable intended. The woman simply cannot help herself. She is responding to the firing of ancient neurological signals that probably brought Gorg back in from the mouth of the cave just (laughs) as he was about to crack another of whatever passed for beer in the Pleistone Age. Hey, 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 Gorg, get in here. Right. The rabbit's on the spit. Or FFLF can also be executed when you have that brand new lawnmower. And you're at work. You have to go to work, or you have a task. That's when they're trying to be playful about it. Yes. That's when they're try- seeing what she believes to be her husband's leg sticking out from under the car. She reaches under and grabs him in the, you know, like the swimsuit area, <laughs> only to discover that she grabbed Warren, the neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Warren's got a welt on his forehead the yeah. size of Duluth. Well, that's right. If there are a bunch of guys in the garage with knots on their head, it could be they just got <laughs> FFLF'd under the car. And the FFLF also manifests itself when a woman, believing herself to be kind-hearted, performs a chore or task involving cylinders that the man has been anticipating with great, yeah. with great enthusiasm. That's, that's a tough one. No phone call at the office or on the factory floor is more disappointing than the one from the woman at home who proudly announces that she just finished snow blowing the driveway or cutting the grass or sawing up a toppled tree. Yeah. Now you won't have to do it when when you get home, she says. 
Oh, yeah. But thanks. I wanted to. I wanted to, that smell of the fresh-cut grass. Damn. I wanted to overlook that, that driveway where it didn't have a snowflake yeah, on it. Yeah, because she plowed a virgin driveway, which you can't <sighs> beat. It's fantastic. Well, we've told you some more uh, of the inside stuff, and uh, next time we'll probably bring you... Uh, uh, more of what we're up to currently. This is just a background of what we're up this to. This is only episode four of many, many to come. And taking us out here are these uh, these fine musical notes that are provided by Mr. Dylan and Mr. John Height. That's right. Isn't that nice? Our newsman is a... Uh, I wish every listener, no matter where you are in the world, you could come to the State Fair when we, when we broadcast live and uh, see Height perform the guitar. It's truly something. Right. I have a number of videos of it, and I, I look at them occasionally. Uh, they're fantastic. He's really an accomplished guitar player. All right, well, let's, and he's uh, our news guy. Let, let's close this out and let these guys uh, take us out to the end. This is the Garage Logic Inside Garage Logic podcast. Kind of the backstory with the Sushi Boy and Rookie. We'll see you next time.